right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Hi, everyone. Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys. I am so glad that you decided to join us today. I'm particularly excited because every time I have Cynthia Sue Larson on the show, I can guarantee you it's going to be a treat. And today's show is no exception. If you know the work of Cynthia Sue Larson, she's often referred to as the quantum optimist, the reality shifter herself. And more recently, I should say in more recent years, she has become synonymous with the phenomenon known as Mandela effects. What are they? Where are they coming from? Are they more than false memory? Well, I think you can probably surmise with the direction that Cynthia goes in, it's much more than false memory. This is what we're talking about today new Mandela effects that are cropping up. And believe me, they're cropping up all over the place, including with this phenomenon, this newer phenomenon uh, known around the world now as the silver monoliths. Is there a Mandela effect aspect to that? So we'll be talking about this and so much more, but it never gets old for me. Mandela effects, and neither does my guest, Cynthia Sue Larson. I know you're going to enjoy the show. So stay tuned. Here we go. We're getting into high strangeness here on Higher Journeys. Well, journeyers, welcome <laughs> to Higher Journeys. So glad you joined us today because we are back with my dear friend, my sister, and somebody that I've known, Cynthia Sue Larson. I've been thinking we're going on over 20 years, girls, yep. that we've yes. known each other, right? Yeah, I'm very blessed to have known you so long. It's Ditto. Such a, yeah. Ditto. I am honored to know you because you are a pioneer in so many. I'm not just tooting your horn. I'm, I'm, I am tooting your horn, actually. I'm going to toot your horn because you deserve to have your horn toot. <laughs> <laughs> the reality shifter woman, the quantum optimist, and now the Mandela effect what? I, I, I don't like to use the word guru, but you are quickly becoming the established expert on this anomaly that few people can parse And so I am honored to know someone that is so close, not only to the anomaly, but the science of it. And you do contend that there is a science to all these things that you're talking about, which is what makes, not only does it bring credibility to these otherwise enigmatic issues, but a lot of people relate to, and I I think they feel more comfortable with the, um, with the more left brain trying to parse what's going on. So thank you for all of that. Thank you for all of that. Today, we're going to be talking about the Mandela effect. What else journey years would we be talking about with Cynthia? I think the last two or three shows that we've done have been centered in and around Mandela effects because it seems like they're always sort of uh, uh, changing and expanding and you're learning more about the dynamic that may be causing them. And that's kind of what I want to get into today. So let's do it. First, let me say welcome. Welcome, welcome. Yay. (laughs) So glad to be with you today. Glad that we've got the internet. Thank goodness for that. What we've a difference this makes. Yeah. We've got the sunshine today where we are here in the Boston area. We've got spring around the corner. Life is as rosy. <laughs> oh, dear. Where shall we start? First of all, I want to say, I don't know that we've ever established this, at least on this show, but you have been studying what would otherwise be known as Mandela effects since the 90s. I mean, this really started with your work uh, with the book Reality Shifts and, of course, your website, realityshifters.com. What was the inclination for you to look? I I feel like I'm going back in time here, but maybe we need to to level set here. What was your inclination to even want to get into this area of research, Cynthia? 
Well, it took a lot of courage to step forward with that assertion that things are shifting, that we that there's this mind-matter interaction so powerful that you can literally witness changes in physical reality, which the mainstream uh, story would say is not supposed to happen. You know, we're not supposed to be able to think something and then notice that someone has died, is now alive again. Um, and maybe it's tied to our thoughts, maybe it's not. But in the case of the book Reality Shifts, I reported... The actor Larry Hagman, in my reality, had died in the 1980s, and he'd been sick. He'd had some kind of internal organ issues, been hospitalized, and then passed away. And I know he's dead now. This is 2021, but I'm going, we are time traveling. We're going back to the 1980s, and that was the first celebrity that I know of who was written about having died and then being alive again is in my book, Reality Shifts, that first came out in its first edition in the late 1990s. And I found out I wasn't the only one, but it took a while because if you think back to the 1980s, the 1990s, of course there was no internet. So there was no conversation possible across the world uh, like we can now have. Um, about Nelson Mandela, which is how the Mandela effect got its name. And I'm actually really glad it is Nelson Mandela. I'm glad that it's not Larry Hagman. No offense to Larry Hagman. He's a wonderful actor. <laughs> but um, I mean, if you're going to pick somebody, my gosh, we're so lucky to have Nelson Mandela. It has a and, ring to it. The Mandela effect. The Mandela effect. Wow. Yeah, because he was about freedom. When you look at Nelson Mandela's life, I don't think it's an accident. Because people think, oh, that's so random, and why name this phenomenon where things are changing and everybody's having a different so-called collective false memories? I'd, I'd like to put it out there. Maybe these are not false memories. Maybe the memories are true. Maybe we remember correctly that Nelson Mandela did die when he was imprisoned on Robbins Island, when he was still in jail, because I remember that. And and he's he, along with Larry Hagman, others, many others. So it's not just one celebrity that passes away. And then we think, oh, I must be confused. Why would so many people have the same confusion is the question that the Mandela effect asks us, invites us to take a look at it. Right. Yeah. Right. The question comes to mind as I've sat in silence and pondered this dynamic, because I think it's still so there's such a, a measure of mystery associated with what we're really dealing with. One of the questions, Cynthia, that's come to mind for me is what is, if something is shifting, if something is changing, is it reality itself or our brains? And when I say that, I don't mean, I'm not implying that if it's our brains, it's a false memory, but literally I'm thinking more of a holographic concept of the malleability that's one of the features of a hologram that it's plastic and malleable could our brains be as well and if the brain is is what's uh, generating the data that we're interpreting as reality could it be changing just yes. as much as perhaps time timelines themselves mm. what do you think when when we look at this collective false memory this mandela effect one of the frequent um, explanations, people jump to a conclusion because we want an answer. So often we jump to an answer before we really have enough proof. We don't have enough proof yet, in my opinion, to say it definitely is caused by one thing or another. But one thing to take a look at, as you're referring right now, is to the mind itself. And of course, that's where the skeptics and the cynics are going immediately saying, 
well, you guys are forgetful or worse yet, you're crazy or you're confabulating or brains fail, et cetera, et cetera. So what I do on my podcast, Living the Quantum Dream, is I've interviewed um, brain experts. I've talked to Jerome Busemeyer. Um, he's a professor that wrote a book about quantum cognition and decision making. And I've, I've uh, talked, I don't know how he's, what his stand is on the Mandela effect specifically. My point was, if he can prove, as he does in his book and in his research, the brain operates in a quantum fashion, then he's showing very beautifully and elegantly that our brains do not think black and white, um, you know, in this very Boolean fashion, but instead they are processing it with relationships. The way we're connected is everything. And that's what quantum entanglement is all about. Right. And that's what he gets into. So there's that aspect. And then you brought up, I love it, the the Bohmian holographic concept, yes. And Carl mm -hmm. Prebrom was a neurologist and both of these guys were mentioned in an excellent book by physicist Michael Talbot, you know, The Holographic Universe, brilliant book. And yeah. it gets into this holographic idea. And I touch on that in my book, Reality Shifts, because I loved it so much because I was looking around like, where's the explanation mm -hmm. for what's going on? That was one of the best go-tos is that interpretation of reality. The we're all connected, that there's this implicit order behind everything. And it matches what the father of quantum physics himself said. Max Planck said, everything is consciousness. It, you, consciousness is fundamental. You cannot get behind consciousness. And that's the ultimate Zen Cohen here, because as much as we would love to left brain analyze the heck out of this and get some definite pin down some answers, get an experiment so we can prove for once and for all, that Mandela effects either are real and physical reality and maybe our brains too are changing or, you know, are we just making this stuff up or what have you? But there's as yet no way to do that kind of an experiment that I know of um, because you'd need the control and you'd, you're testing consciousness itself. And I, another guest I had on my show was Donald Hoffman, who he's an expert on vision and he wrote books on it. He's now back in the front uh, front and center of this whole consciousness concept because he's saying that our senses are very much like the screen on your desktop, on your laptop, on your cell phone. So when you put something in the trash or you swipe the screen, you're playing with an interface. And that's how our five senses work. They are an interface to the actual reality, which is nothing like what we think it is. We think things are like I can pick up a pen or or my coffee cup and I can hold it and so forth. But these are actually not so much real as I, they're nothing like what we think does tell us it's cold it's so many millimeters high and, and it weighs this much and it has that temperature but those are artificial constructs really they're almost arbitrary they're temp typically consistent but not always and it's these inconsistencies that the mandela effect is showing us it's i agree with you I'm imagining probably one of the more fundamental explanations of how matter and energy work, really all, all of it is energy, but what we think of as material, we tend to think it think of it as inanimate. We think of it as uh, stagnant or not moving like this. the table I'm touching here. I don't see any atoms and molecules swirling around, but it's not that they're not, they're just moving at such a slow rate. Our, within the visible spectrum that we operate within, we can't see that. And maybe what you're saying, Cynthia, is that when reality shifts occur, there's something that's triggering their uh, their motion or the, the, the rate of motion to accelerate 
and then retreat back to 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 ebb and flow. Does that make any sense? That oh gosh, yes, yes. Well, you know, you know me, and I love to follow. Like, what's what are they doing with quantum physics now? Is my question to um, to engineer something new? And what they're doing right now is they're taking quantum jumps, and they're looking at these quantum jumps where, when um, a quantum particle, say an electron, is jumping from one level in the cell to another, then uh, it releases so much energy that it looks like we'll be able to create some of our best batteries ever. And we may be on to a source of power eventually through quantum jumps, literally. And these are very tiny, but when you look at them collectively, they have the ability in a large scale system to provide us with a tremendous amount of potential power and stored energy, which is amazing. So that's why I like to look at when people say like, you're, you can't lump um, these things together. You can't just make assumptions that things like you're describing on the quantum tiny scale can possibly affect us on the big scale. Well, I love to look at the. You say they do though. You say they do. Absolutely. On the macro. Absolutely. Absolutely. But see, you and I are saying that and we're in the front um, you know, the <laughs> cutting edge of this theorizing and, and actually we're the front runners observing it, the phenomenon. You've written your book about it. You describe these kinds of phenomenon. You know, the stuff that's paranormal, uh, the, these phenomena can absolutely be looked at as something that can be expected to sometimes occur when you recognize that these interconnections that we see on a quantum level can and do play out on a macroscopic scale. Here's the thing that will always intrigue me. And as we move forward, at least we feel we are in time linearly, it seems to be happening more. The question I have, Cynthia, is if there is a catalyst that causes these wild fluctuations to occur where we will see a tree there one minute and not there the next, Mandela effects of all kinds. And by the way, journeyers, we're going to get into the monoliths and the uh, Mandela effect principle applied to these strange monoliths that have been showing up. But what's happening right now in your estimation, Cynthia, that are allowing for these things to be so much more uh, frequent, so much more ubiquitous, I am hearing from countless individuals, as I know you are as well, who are experiencing these things on a more regular basis. The anomalies are, there's an uptick in the the, the, the types of anomalies that are happening. What is happening right now? I want to talk about uh, the, the, uh, the color spectrum. I know you talked mm-hmm. about that in a wonderful talk. We're going to talk about IMEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into that conference, not conference, but a, a panel that you had where you talked about the color spectrum and uh, colors that are showing up, people are experiencing that they've never seen before. What is happening now? What is the impetus for all of this? Okay. If we're talking about the impetus of all of creation being consciousness, that that is the source of reality, then again, obviously consciousness is at cause for where are these Mandela effects coming from as well. So collectively, we're now connected more than other things ever thanks to the internet and we are capable of noticing which we never would have noticed before when people who are very intuitive feeling types in other words empaths like you and i both are and so many people who are noticing this phenomena are and at the same time as we've got the technology to share the information and then third we're getting these um energetic fluctuations the schumann resonance has just gone bananas (laughs) in the last decade or so and it just seems like it keeps ramping up and doing things 
things that people are, are saying, it's never done this before. So that's becoming the go-to comment about the Schumann resonance. But those of us who, I think everyone's sensitive to these things at some level. So it's the empaths, the intuitive feelers who might be the first ones to be bold enough like you and I were to early on 20 years ago, go public and say, these things are happening. And now more and more people, thanks to those of us who have been the front runners, are, are being able to say, yes, reality shifts are occurring. That seems like it's some, one of the trending topics on TikTok right now for really? the 20-something. Yes. It's like hundreds of millions of um, hits on shifting realities, hashtag. And it's, um, it's a huge trending topic. So it's not just the Mandela effect. It's everything related to this is bubbling up in consciousness uh, in every age group. It's not just my generation, your generation. Yeah. There's a phenomenon that I'm trying my best to recall, you know, brain fog, something we were talking about off air that I'm getting a lot. So I'm not <laughs> going to recall the name, but you mentioned TikTok and you mentioned sort of the millennials that are kind of into this whole dynamic of reality shifts. And there is an app that we actually talked about on The Proof is Out There. I didn't cover that story on the History Channel plug for The Proof is Out There. Uh, but the, we did cover the story in the series it's an app. Help me with this. Begins with an R. Ra right. It's, Ra it's oh. I think I know what you're talking about. I haven't tried it, but it's the one that helps you randomize Locate. things. You you visualize something. Yes. Let's say you want to find a lost dog, and the app will give you the coordinates, the the, the latitude, longitude, and, and area where you can find it. And Help there's something about the time. Yeah, so it's it, it works with synchronicities and the energies of the fact that everything's connected and what you care about matters. It's a divination tool for our times. Helps you. Do randomly. you feel there's something to it? Because there, all divination systems, there's something too, because consciousness, you know. So you, you can buy an app or you can just look at, my grandmother taught me to read tea leaves, you know. You just look at the bottom of your cup. That's every bit as accurate. You don't need an, an iPhone or something and an app. That's nice, but you don't need it. It's, it's a tool. They're all tools. They all work. And so this is why our ancestors were able to throw the bones and be able to get a reading out of that. That's or right. look at the tea leaves. These things work work because of quantum physics. It, they always have worked. It's it's just a it's just the way things are. So, of course, now we've got an app because we we love our technology, but we don't need to bow down to the god of scientism or anything or the engineering because it's still working with the same phenomenon. They're using a quantum tool set and a randomizing um, application most certainly. I don't know the details and I don't know What's the, I don't know the name of this app, but you're, you've told me about it. Help me, journeyers. Okay, I'm going to go off screen and look it up. Well, you, okay. you talk, and I'm going to look it up. Now, what would I app? Okay. What would what would be the keyword app to find a, a visualization app? Oh, I, I, call it, I, I call it a synchronicity app because it's like a, it's it is that's what it's doing. It's synchronicity, and so it's helping you find things. You could look at you type in divination, randomizer, synchronicity, Begins but all are. Yeah. Oh, help me. Keep talking. I'm going to find okay. it here. So what you're able to do, and some people actually, they'll just have fun with it. They'll kind of randomly try things. They'll, even if they're not looking for something lost, they'll type in, you know, like, let's get a coordinate. Let's go and see what happens. And they'll be on these kind of random journeys, totally journeyers, like higher journeys. And you get the higher journeys when you vibe up. So you want to ask my favorite question, how good can it get? No matter what seems to be happening, get yourself in that grateful ideally reverent, high, very high vibe and 
zone and then use the device and oh my gosh that's how to bring really fabulous good luck back into our lives Absolutely. no matter what's happening yeah and i think we all need that right now i think we do too i can't find it and i want to make sure i'm i'm following the conversation we'll find it journeyers if you happen to know what i'm talking about leave us a comment below because i think it is fascinating and i do agree with you that you know, divination is, is such a broad term and it's so old, whether we're talking about the I Ching or I Ching, depending on how you pronounce it, to the tarot, to uh, something that's called, when you open a book, I call it book dowsing. Stickomancy. I call it stichomancy, stickomancy. That, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I think stichomancy sounds better, but yes, that. <laughs> that happened to me the other day. I want to hear a quick story. Journeyers, yeah. I know you're going to love this. It has to do with the repeating numbers. Yes, it's I will continue to talk about it. The one for me lately, Cynthia, is 55. It's 55. It's everywhere. It's as many times that it can possibly show up to me, it will. Long story short, in the midst of this 55 onslaught that's been going on for probably a good month at this point, out of the blue, I decided to do a stickomancy to, to just for, sometimes I'll just go into my library, pull a book and say, what, what do you need me to know today? Right. And so I did. I pulled the book. Don't even recall the name of the. Yes, I do recall. It was a book by Shakti Gawain. God bless her. And I opened the book. And before I even read the message, I looked at the bottom of the page. I said, and it was a tiny number. I said, please don't tell me it's page 55. Page 55. <laughs> I love it. So you better believe I read that message intently. What is going on? Is this not all connected to what you're talking about, Cynthia? What's going oh, on? For a minute. <laughs> well, when we get messages, it depends on who you're connecting with. Levels of consciousness play a role. Remember, consciousness is the key. So if each of us have these, and your your show, Higher Journeys, is, is suggesting there are higher levels of consciousness that we each have access to. So you can totally do that. And when you do that, then you can ask questions and get answers. And if, even if you think, I can't hear it, you can use a tool like just pick up a book, flip to a random page and get an intuitive answer. What we're doing is we're turning off that left brain analytical side of reasoning that thinks it knows, but that's the goal setting side of our brains. We want to empower the right side of our brain, which is the the, the part that tells the story, has the sense of, uh, of our lives mattering, that we have a mission in life, that we have a purpose, that we're here for a reason. And this kind of a calling, the sense of excitement, adventure, all of that comes from the right brain. And so you can, when you learn any kind of a system to turn off that overly analytical part of your brain that wants to explain everything and know everything based on now we've got the word, we've got it figured out. Not necessarily. So if you want to let that be the faithful servant and you can set your goals once you have your mission in place. So first you want to get your mission. These are brilliant ways to do it. Just turn your brain off and chant, meditate, pray, open a book and get stick but always, 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 connect at the highest level. Um, you can, if you're not religious, then ask how good can it get? Guarantee that you're connecting at that highest ultimate good level and you'll get much better results. Happening a lot now though. And this is why I keep going back to this. I think you've answered the question. Well, I, I think it's an open-ended question in terms of why now is there such an uptick in all of this activity? And you, But you went there beautifully, so I'm not going to ask it again, but this is where my focus is rooted. Could it be that our own magnetic field is, I used to call it the veil, sort of euphemistically speaking, but is our magnetic field actually thinning? Are we 
finally being exposed to the underbelly of reality vis-a-vis these experiences, because something is just different now. Let's talk about the conversation that you had with your colleagues at IMAC. That would be the International Mandela Effect Conference that we're going to go into. I'm so excited that they're finally doing this. Not finally, it's been around for a while, but this is how serious it is, guys. In the conversation that you just had, we'll have a link to the full conversation with the folks at IMEC, of which you lead. You talked about people seeing more vibrant colors. Are we now able to see more within the visible spectrum? And if so, what is causing that? You know, there's a story of rare double rainbows that were spotted in Charleston, West Virginia, uh, right at the beginning of the year. And there have been quite a few of these anomalous rainbow-ish, and we know there are a lot of factors, uh, uh, meteorologically speaking, but more than normal, right? different kinds of colors, a different confluence of colors. Rainbow is a spectrum. It's pretty tight to the science of what it is, but people are seeing other things now. What do you have to say about that? Well, this is a huge topic, and when I get into the colors, as you might realize, um, you're right, our visible spectrum has slightly expanded according to the typical you know, Western science viewpoint, but what you and I are talking about now is a much bigger expansion that we're noticing. Um, and, and with the Mandela effect, we're noticing things existing that supposedly have been around for thousands, if not millions of years, such as rainbow mountains, such as rainbow trees, all kinds of rainbow all animals, kinds of rainbow about. animals, every kind, you know, whether it's a squirrel, a rainbow squirrel from India, there, we show that in our show and uh, rainbow birds that people don't remember having seen before. So it's, it's not just one species of animal, it's just across the board and it's everywhere you look, you've got trees, mountains, animals, you name it. So absolutely, there seems like there's a kind of a message coming through. And if you look at reality being driven by consciousness and if this is the great awakening that has been foretold and foreseen by indigenous societies around the world and most of our great religions too then obviously the two might be connected and you know it does seem like that is the case that we're opening our consciousness to recognizing that we are creators and to stepping into a bit more responsibility than perhaps we've ever known that we could or had access to in the past Exciting times, indeed. Yeah. I'm going to read a quote that you put. I'm, I'm going to pull your book right here. This never gets old for me. This is called Reality Shifts. Let me make sure that gets in the in the shot there. I love this book. You've since written several books, but this to me is the gold standard for where you really set set the precedent for the work that you're doing. So I, I did a little stickomancy. I like stickomancy better, but stickomancy. Okay, we'll stick with that. <laughs> but I did that with your book today. I like to do that every once in a while when I'm interviewing best-selling authors. And so here's a quote that I came up with when I opened the book. And you better believe I looked at the page number. It wasn't 55 because <laughs> that would have been too. Woo-hoo. But nonetheless, I thought this was a poignant quote. And I'd like to have you elaborate where you say, it helps to consider with a truly open mind, the possibility that our minds create reality, learning through personal and shared experiences. I found my perception of the fluidity of reality has greatly increased as I have become more aware of my surroundings without assuming that reality will meet my expectations and match my beliefs. I found my perception of the fluidity of reality has greatly increased as I have become more aware of my surroundings. 
I think that's what sage advice. I mean, you don't present it as advice, but it is become aware of patterns, become aware of your surroundings, and you will notice the malleability of reality. Absolutely. We're in an ongoing conversation with reality because if if everything is consciousness and we are too, then of course we're in dialogue, even when we don't think we are. So it's like we're always in that those reality shows. I'm trying to think of the Truman Show, you know. Oh, yes. Remember that? <gasps> yeah. I love that movie. Because that really was showing that uh, this gentleman is being watched and observed all his life. And he, he thinks it's a regular life, but the whole thing is some huge stage project production where they put on this entire, you know, what if scenario, like it's all for him. And in some real sense, that's what each of us is doing with our own personal lives. There doesn't appear to be one objective reality with one set of truth so much as lots of individual subjective realities. And that might seem scary at first, but that's good news because each of us has the power to really incorporate our highest level of knowledge and being and raise our own standards and meet and greet the world that way at our best and bring our best to it and then receive that in return. It's interesting that you say that there may not be anyone, I'll throw in master objective reality I tend to be open to that idea. But, you know, when we go back to this idea of Mandela effects and Mandela effects get their sort of, uh, their, they're corroborated by the fact that so many people are having this, what others call false memory. That seems to be, there's an objective, that's objective in and of itself. The fact that there's a collective agreement, which sounds a little paradoxical, yet it, that just came to mind. Yes. Uh, well, right? you know, when you look at that, then you recognize, okay, humans are social. We're very social creatures. We love to agree with one another. We look to each other like, we want to know how do people see me? You know, that's a big thing most of us go through, at least earlier in life. And so that whole business of how do they see me? Do I fit in? Am I thinking the same, the right things, wearing the right things, saying the right things? We care so much about that stuff. And of course, you're going to see it in the web of consciousness itself and also in reality. That's collective consciousness at work with tribe, tribal groupings of reality where people would, it's almost like we're voting with the, you, you, if you watch the IMEC show, Open Tables that you're referring to with mm -hmm. the, the Golden Timeline is the name of it. And what we're really talking about in addition to the rainbow animals and so forth is looking at our ability to choose a timeline and to get feedback on how we're doing based on looking at things like the Mona Lisa smile. And that's Christopher Anatra who keeps a picture of the Mona Lisa in his office every day so we can look at it. Like, are we on track? How are we doing? Oh, good. The, the, the Mona Lisa, she's, change? yeah, yeah. Because she, if, I, if you remember, as I do, the Mona Lisa used to not smile. It was the famous, you know, it's like that, that no strange, yeah, it was kind of, they would talk about the, ex, the expression that it was so unique because it was a hint of a smile without a smile. Mm -hmm. Now it's, now they would never say that because it's so obviously a smile. And so that's an indicator of where we are. And that's when we're talking about the golden timeline in that episode that I'm referring to now. It's the idea, that just like I'm suggesting the page you turn to in Reality Shifts, we're absolutely choosing based on what you're paying attention to. 
And so if you're looking at how good it can get, if you're looking at what you're grateful for, what you're appreciating, the rainbow animals and the beauty in the world, rather than, it's very easy to look at what's wrong. Any, I could do it, you could do it. We could even make the whole show about that today. But we're choosing not to do that. And we all make, yeah, we make that choice every day in our personal lives, with our friends, with our family, we're choosing. And, and collectively, when we do that, we can raise consciousness together and Amen. we can choose, we can choose a different timeline. Yeah. I love it. That's powerful. It's as, it's easier than you think journeyers. And the, what just raced through my mind as you were saying that we choose because we are creatures habituated to routine. If routine inserts those things that are not for our highest good, choose differently. It's as simple as that. It is difficult to untether ourselves to particularly now, I say turn off the you know what. I've had to say the same thing and I'm not going to use the excuse I'm a journalist. I've got to watch the news. No, no, no. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because I notice it is absolutely, I'm choosing to, and it's absolutely affecting my perception of reality and, and what's coming into my reality. When I choose otherwise, it changes. There's no it's question just, about it's, it. No different than food. It's like you would, when we make food choices, sometimes we choose junk, but that's our choice and we need to be conscious of it. So, yeah, right. Choice. Need, and the choice, yeah. I think, is even more powerful now more than ever. Uh, let's go to this because we're going to, we're going to end always goes too quickly. By the way, we're going to the after show, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. We still got a few more minutes. We're, we are going to go to the after show, however. Yes. Let's talk about, you said something I uh, on the, Open Tables, uh, I want to say conference, conversation, where you talked about one of the Mandela effects that you, I don't know if this was recent or not, where you know how when you're, I I think it's a passenger side of your car where the mirror says, uh, uh, what does it say? Objects in the mirror may be closer than they appear. I'm going to ask the audience what you ask your audience. I'm going to ask the same thing. Forgive me. Don't call me that I'm plagiarizing. (laughs) How many people recall uh, looking in that mirror, that side mirror where it says objects in the mirror may, operative word may, appear closer than they appear. Objects in mirror may be closer than they appear. Raise hand if you do. Right? You? I do. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And so what have you discovered? Well, that's one of the Mandela effects that uh, for me was a shock. because now all of the car windows, including my car, every car that I would look at, um, it now does not say may appear close. Um, objects may be closer than they appear. It just says that they are. I mean, there's, it doesn't, there's no maybe about it. It's just objects in mirror are closer than they appear. There's, it used to leave this fascinating little range of, hey, they might be closer than they seem to be. But now it's like saying they are. And there was no change in the printing. I've got an old car. I didn't go and buy a new car. Um, so at the time that I noticed this, I think, um, forget when, it was a few years back. But I also remember having seen that this this amazing expression played a huge role in a movie, Jurassic Park. If people saw that movie, there was a scene where you're, it's kind of a joke, or it used to be. You'd be looking in the side view mirror that says objects in mirror may be closer than they appear. That was the terrifying part, the maybe. <laughs> and now it's they are. So it's like, okay, you're seeing a dinosaur chasing you. You're trying to get away in this little car and through the jungle. <laughs> and it used to be like amazing, like I maybe just got a closer. Visual. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's what I, I remember that. So I, I had to, I'm like, no, that couldn't have changed. That changed because that's what made that scene so hilarious and so terrifying. And so I went to find it. And now even in the movie, it, it, so it's not just one. Of, a lot of people will say, well, you know, they change things that may the warning may have the wording changed. When does that happen? When does the required warning message change? Like, first of all, that doesn't happen. OK, so and then in the movie, you'll now see apparently it always was objects in mirror are closer than they appear. That's not nearly Something's as going dramatic. On. Yeah. Yeah. Something's going on, guys. I mean, at what point are we going to this is my new thing, address the elephant in the room, address the Mandela effect in the room, address the reality in our spec. At what point, I have to tell you, uh, for me, now I've heard a lot of very interesting things and in, in Mandela effects experiences I've had myself, but the one I still can't get my arms around that I learned it all from you, where you talked about the Bible verse, the lion lays down with the lamb. Yes. I immediately went, I think that we talked about this before. So bear with us journeys if you've heard me say this before, because it's amazing to me. It's I went so, yeah. to my mother's Bible that her father gave her when she was a teenager. My mother's been gone for 25 years. Dog-eared copy of the King James Bible. And I looked at the verse and lo and behold, it was different. It was not what we recall. The wolf lays down with the lamb is what it said. Right. Now, I'll tell you how I, I tested this. Do you know okay. I've gone to several individuals that are clergy? And I and I didn't even, it wasn't a leading question. I said, you know that quote in the Bible? I don't even remember <laughs> what book it's in, but it's something about the something lays down with the lamb. I just did this actually a couple of months ago, and I'm not going to blow up the, the reverend spot. I'm not going to mention his name. It's a he. But I, I played with him. I said, what is that? I can't recall. He says, oh, the lion lays down with the lamb. Gotcha. <laughs> Absolutely. Someone who knows the book like oh, yeah. no one can. And so then I posed the scenario to him. He didn't know what to say. Yeah. So Cynthia Sue Larson, something's going on here. That is not false memory. Excuse me, folks that want to just justify everything with the left brain. It ain't happening. Right. No, it's not just, well, the reason that we need to shut the left brain down is to access the intuitive knowingness so that we can remind ourselves that we, we're connected to nature. Like we do have telepathy with our pets, with wild animals, with living things, with each other. We can actually tell sometimes when the phone's going to ring and who's going to be there. We've got this, these abilities thanks to quantum entanglement, thanks to love, the connections that are quite genuine. The Mandela effect is showing us that mind-matter interactions, they don't just happen with each of us individually. They can happen with what we consider um, out there facts and reality and history and things that aren't supposed to change. Those can change for a large groups of people. And with a Mandela effect, sometimes people notice some of them, some say that's not a change for me um, because it's a very subjective thing. That's another facet of the Mandela effect. So often when you when there's a big one for one person, it's not a big one for someone else. For me, the lion and the lamb, that was huge. Huge. Uh, there, yeah, there are lots of really big ones. Another one is, um, uh, like, you remember, do you know the song by Queen, We Are the Champions? Oh, um, do I know the song by Queen? I know every song by Queen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. One of my favorites. Of course. Yes. So, you know, the We Are the Champions, um, when the song ends, you know, what's that last 
phrase that they always say, you know. We no time are, for losers because we uh -huh. are the champions. We are the champions. Well, there's, a two, there's two parts to that song. But anyway, give us. Well, the, well I, re I remember it, it ends of the world. You know? Of the world, right. Okay. Now it never. Now the song never ends that way. I think there's one version where they've tracked it down and they could find, like, they did it live that way once. But on the but on the albums, everything, never. You know, it's just, it ends, we are the champions. And it doesn't say of the world at the end. And so when you do a sing-along, and they've had, um, you know, I think, I'm trying to remember the late night host that does some of these sing-alongs. And he had a couple of celebrities in his car. Karaoke, or, carpool karaoke. Yeah, carpool karaoke. So they were doing we are the champions. And then they were singing of the world. And then. But it's not in the song. So they're looking at each other like, uh, what happened? You know, everybody yeah. remembers it that way, but it's not that way. So there's another classic. I think that, again, the approach that you're taking as to we're going, you're going with the assumption that there is something authentic going on here. And I will say, quoting Dana Zohar, a physicist who I respect greatly, who once said, People have experiences and science denies the experience because they don't have the instruments of the moment to measure it. We don't have the instruments at this time to measure what's going on, but that does not mean that something's not going on. That the, the measurement is really through these, it's even more than anecdote, it's measurement through numbers of people and even even the the, the band itself at one, a couple of times you said the queen played at, of the world at the end now i have the, do you know that i still have the vinyl of that uh, album i still do and i'm going to go check it out as soon as we hang up and of course it won't be there it'll be of the world will not be there i've already done that track. so i know i don't at what point how much more convincing do we need that there's there's something far more powerful going on let's end with this i want to talk about these monoliths okay uh, Speaking of mirrors, we were talking about the mirror, and I, I meant yeah. when I ran out for an errand, I wanted to check my side view mirror, but that's another thing. I've got, I've got homework to do. As soon as we hang up, I'm going outside, <laughs> I'm checking that side mirror, and I'll call you, Cindy, if lo and behold, it says they do, objects do appear closer than they <laughs> are, not may. Right. Oh, mirrors, a lot of these monoliths, or I call them not obelisks, but monoliths, are shiny. They have a the reflective surface. Yes. You found something in there that could put it within the context of Mandela effects. These, these, they're what, about six appearances of these monoliths and mysterious appearance and disappearance from Utah to Russia, I believe, to Quincy, yeah. Massachusetts in my hometown. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put up, I'll put up an image right now and show you. I don't know if you've seen this, Cynthia, but take a look at this. Let me put this up and I want to make sure I'm out of the way. Or we're out of the way. Let me see if I can show y'all. Let me see if I can. Whoop. There it is. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them. It's a lot more than six. Um, in fact, there were eight silver ones, and then a ninth one came in that was not silver. So there's been a whole bunch of these. The first one that you mentioned is was uh, first noticed in November 2020, but they studied some of the Google Earth maps and found out it had been actually placed there many years early, previous that just never noticed. I guess it first arrived 2015, 2016, but we didn't really notice it until November 18th, 2020. 
And subsequent to that, we, a bunch more have shown up. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that they're all Mandela effects. I'm not saying they came out of literally nowhere. Um, it's possible. We're in a lockdown globally. There are probably metal workers who feel like, let's, I want to join in this. I want to put one up, of course. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, yeah, we're not saying that that's not happening. Maybe it is. Maybe they're just not admitting to it. That's fine. And, um, and they're being reacted to very differently in different parts of the world. We've got armed guards protecting them in Turkey um, when one showed up near um, the, the big uh, underground pyramid area that's, that's the natural uh, preserve area. <clears throat> so there's an armed guard protecting them from being uh, basically uh, attacked by people because that <laughs> has happened. Yeah, there was one, one um, was burned and trashed and just trampled and destroyed so um <clears throat> the, pe there people react to them very differently sometimes when like that first one in utah showed up the park rangers and the forest service was saying do not come here you know this is a very it's a wildlife preserve so we don't want the traffic we don't want people trampling the ground but then it just vanished so someone I guess came and took it away or it just vanished so or it just vanished which is the other thing yeah look so, we're i'm sorry go ahead Okay, so um, what's interesting and the connection with the ninth one that I hinted at, that one is gold. So that's the Colombian monolith that showed up, not silver like the one you showed, but gold. And so the fact that it showed up in the color gold is um, interesting. So is the fact that it was the ninth monolith. So is the fact that it showed up in the area of Colombia that basically indicates um, it stands for the word moon, which corresponds um, city of the moon. So <clears throat> it's in this, it's in the town or the area called CHIA, which is pronounced shy. And I'm <clears throat> the person who researched this beautifully in a video is Christopher Anatra, the quantum businessman on YouTube. So he's one mm -hmm. of our IMEC members and he did a special on this. But that's fascinating because when you look at the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm -hmm. where the monolith plays such a part in doing what? In raising consciousness and helping what? Mm -hmm. Evolution. So, you know, we're back to these ideas of consciousness, of evolution. We got the idea of the moon. And some people are looking at this gold monolith as being the master monolith. Well, it does show up as the ninth one. So that would indicate. It's the only one that showed up gold? So far, right. I hope we can get an image of that. If so, I'll put that up. I don't have one, but. Well, I've um, got a tight, I've got, um, yeah, I've got a couple of. If you can uh, send it to me in production, I can put it up so folks can see it. That yeah. would be great. Yeah. It's this fascinating. Is the, here it is. I'm trying to, can you see it? I can, but yeah, send it to me so we can maybe get a larger look at it. That would be great. Yeah. Well, folks, something's going on. And you know, at, for those of us that are inquisitive, and I am an advocate of being of exploring the mystery, as I often say, something's doing its own thing, whether we understand it or will ever understand it or not. And I, I think it will go back to the cliche, trust the process. Uh, yes. Does it matter whether we ultimately get to the bottom of the mystery? Ultimately, just like there may not be any objective reality, there may not be any need of having a definitive answer as to how it's working, why it's working. Just know that it's working and that we are inextricably linked to what it is, this phenomenon, phenomena, uh, maybe we're creating it ourselves, journeyers. So with that, uh, we're going we're gonna to close this down, but we're going to, as I said, take it on over to the Patreon after show. Let me put up the little banner. 
so you all know where to come. We're going to I've got I've got a fun exercise for the after show. Uh, I'm going to oh. ask people. Yeah, I've got a really fun one that we can try together. So okay, that sounds like <laughs> a plan. So we're going to do that. Anything else you want to say? We we know where to where to find Cynthia. We we can find Cynthia just about anywhere these days. You can just Google her and she'll come up. <laughs> like that realityshifters.com you are yes. tell us very briefly about the international mandela effect conference you are the Pre- president yes on That's the right. it's 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 now a 501 uh you know it's a 501c3 right. nonprofit organization uh, um, eventually we'll get back to doing conferences again. Yes. Obviously we're on a bit of a hiatus here, but in the meantime, we've started up, <laughs> we've started up IMEC open tables and it's fabulous. As you saw the first series one, episode one, the golden timeline. And it's an opportunity for us to highlight some of the manned animals of the week or the month, what have you, the ones that we featured, which are like that rainbow squirrel, the giant rainbow squirrel. There's some great images. I'm going to see if I can grab a couple and put them up on the show uh, so we can see here. But I want people to go over, watch Open Table, support iMac. And I heard you say, Cynthia, that there's literally now a Mandela Effect community that's that's emerging. This is a big deal. So It's a huge deal. It's going to keep growing. This is not going away anytime soon. And We've got a mailing list through imec.world. We've got our YouTube channel, International Mandela Effect Conference. And if you sign up on the newsletter, then we'll keep you posted when each of our new episodes comes live. And you can also subscribe on the YouTube channel. Okay. We're going to have more information about imec on higherjourneys.com, y'all. So be sure to check in. And you do know Cynthia is one of our senior contributors. We got to tap you for a new article, Cindy, to put on Higher Journeys. I know you've got so much going on, but everything that you write and that you explore, it's always a treat. So that's great. Speaking of, I love the segue from one thing to another. Speaking of articles on higherjourneys.com and speaking of uh, the shift as in reality shifts, we have a wonderful contributor named Stephanie Gray, who recently joined the team over at Higher Journeys as a contributor. And she just published a great article having to do with the great shift and how to cope with it and resources that you can find to be able to cope is, I don't know if I want to use the word cope, but to, to integrate. I do feel that we are going through uh, a shift of gargantuan proportions and, and it's been written in the, in the, books of history that this time would arrive and lo and behold, I believe it has. So go on over to higherjourneys.com. We will have a link to that article as well. Go check that out and check out some of the resources that Stephanie lists in the blog post. So there you are. I think we got it all done. Yeah. So, all right. Cynthia Zular said, always a pleasure. I love you so dearly. How good can it get? Yeah. Let's just keep finding out. (laughs) Yep. And, and it, this is the truth, because it's going to get real good. I know it is, even in the face of all the madness. You know what I say. Yes. It's about the magic, and it's there for sure. So with that, we say thank you, and we hope to see you over on Patreon. We're going, to be going over there yeah. right now. I, I see somebody open the door, so we're going we're gonna to shuffle on over there right now. So okay. <laughs> we'll talk to you Bye. soon. Love you. Take care. Yeah, love you. <laughs>